Welcome, bride chillas and groom chillas. Groom chillas, Alicia. Let's uh, let's workshop that. You're listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one wedding podcast hosted by author, comedian, and wedding advice giverer Alicia McCormick. I am Jeez. That's me, and I am here. Very excited, Alicia. Very excited. Cool it down. Cool it down. Calm, because today. I'm here to present part two of your biggest wedding hacks and it excites me to no end because basically you have given me a lot of information, so much information. This all came from one Instagram post where I thought, hmm, I'm going to ask my lovely bride chillers and groom chillers and maid chillers and other chillers what they have been doing to save time and money because I read so many articles, I see things out and about. And it just seems like a lot of the time stuff is rehashed, stuff is sort of put out there without any real backup. You know, people sort of come up with these BuzzFeed bloody lists. And I love BuzzFeed. If you've followed me on Facebook, you'll know I love to share some BuzzFeed stuff. But I also think sometimes they're community posts. People just put a lot of stuff out there for content, but don't really back it up with any proof that someone's done anything. So what I love about this is that I put the word out, I asked the question, And then so many of you got back in touch with really specific examples of ways that you have saved time and money and sanity, which is very important. I'm a great believer in taking the shortcut. If it doesn't really cut down on the quality of what you're doing, I think that sometimes people take shortcuts as sort of the same thing as doing things half-heartedly, which I don't agree with. The McCormacks were all raised with the ethos of doing things with a full heart. And that doesn't mean we're getting woo-woo. My dad's just always like, well, if you're going to do it, just do it properly and get it done when you need it to get it done. And sometimes I think that, (laughs) oh, Rich is going to kill me. I take that probably a little too literally and I sometimes need to just sit down and relax. But I like to just get shit done and then I feel happier with the idea of relaxing. I don't know. That's just me. Perhaps that's a little compulsive, but I do think if I can find a way to just cut a corner, but it still get the same result, then why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you? That was so high. Only dogs could hear that just then. If you haven't listened to Monday's episode, that's cool. Maybe just go back and do that at a later date. It's not like I'm going to, you know, finish on a cliffhanger. No one's going to really worry if you didn't hear episode 154, but do go back and listen. Because I think there were lots of really good points made by people. And if you miss out, you miss out on the hack that could be saving you a lot of time, money, and sanity. So go back after this, listen in reverse order. I wanted to start today's episode. There are so many things to share with you. And I'm going to jump around topics a little bit. But I think, you know, you're a sensible adult. You can cope with different topic changes. Um, (laughs) Vava. This is me laughing again at people's Instagram names. Uh, Her name is Vava Apron. She says, hey, Alicia, I'll be saving over $600 on wedding cake. And that's my biggest wedding hack. We are doing a beautiful four-tiered wedding cake adorned with fresh flowers. But every layer of the cake will be fake, except for the top layer, which we will cut into at the reception. Before I carry on. I wanted to say I opened with this hack because Rich and I did exactly this. We had a beautiful three-tiered cake and uh, our lovely cake makers, Cake Inc. And let me just say, Cake underscore Inc. If you are looking for one of the dead sexiest wedding cake slash calligraphy slash bloody gorgeous design Instagram profiles, 
can I just say that you should follow them? Cake underscore ink. When we were together <laughs> three years ago, when I got hitched, uh, they weren't as big. I, I feel like I was, that sounds totally going, well, I got them when they weren't as huge. But look, Instagram wasn't around then. And their cakes are so gorgeous and amazing that, uh, you know, it, they became famous. Anyway, I was, we were very lucky because we had the most gorgeous cake. But I remember Simone saying at the time, hey, you don't need three layers of cake. You've only got 50 people there. And we'll just make you two fake layers that we cover with icing. And then the third layer at the bottom, uh, no, the top layer was the, God, exactly what, I'm doing exactly what Vava Apron said. The top layer was the cake. And it was a goddamn amazing cake. And I sort of wish we did have the three layers because I would have eaten them all. However, it made the cake a lot more inexpensive than it would have been if we had actually asked them to produce three layers and also, we had the two tiers of the cake in our garage for the two years after our wedding before we moved to the UK, and it still smelt amazing. It was like every time we'd go into the sort of storage thing in our garage and I'd smell the cake, it would take me back. But we eventually let the cake go because we're like, what the hell are we going to do with the polystyrene cake? Uh, Vava of Apron says... Once we cut into the cake and take photos, the cake will be rolled away to the kitchen and ta-da, sliced cake on plates. We roll back into the hall. The sliced cake will come from sheet cakes purchased at a healthy, trendy grocery chain called Central Market. Pretty simple, uh, pretty similar to Whole Foods. So we're still able to get a really yummy cake with fresh and interesting ingredients, but I'm sure people would save money even by hitting up a local grocery store and choosing basic flavors. Correct. Very proud of this hack. And everyone has mentioned how smart this is. And bonus tip. Oh, I love it. I found a really great website called smartyhadaparty.com. That's smarty is in smarty pants, a smarty had a party.com. And uh, she said that sells plastic dinnerware and flatware that look like the real deal. It's awesome find and very, very affordable. Whoa, did you hear that? So I don't usually break into the fourth wall here, but I'm recording this podcast during a very intense storm and uh, there was just some lightning and a lot of thunder. Thanks, London. Really good for podcasting. And now it's chucking it down and uh, that's what we're going to have to do. You can hear the gentle sounds of rain and podcasts. I'll try and remove it in post-production. Just saying if you're worrying, what's that noise? Alicia's sitting outside in a rainstorm. No, it's just where we live. It's lovely. It's ambient, but not great for audio recording. I shall move on. So, uh, Claire uh, Clarenval says, bridal show, bridal show, bridal show. Enter every contest you can using a wedding-only email account and Google voice number. Oh, I've never even thought of that. So you can easily dispose of them when you're done because people will blow you up. Trust. God, I love her. Because of that, I've saved 20% on flowers, 30% on my day of coordinator, got a deal from my photographer and videographer, $300 off uplighting. My gosh. Um, It takes a lot more work and time, but it is completely worth it. Prepare to sign a lot of papers sign-up sheets, etc. But I suggest pre-printing out labels that have had your basic info, name, groom's name, address, number, email, wedding date, venue, etc. So all you have to do is stick it on and drop it in the raffle jar and poof, 
off to the next booth and sign up uh, for every vendor newsletter you can. This is such a fucking great, sorry to swear, I'm so passionate about this. It's such a great suggestion. Um, I saved 20 to 40% on all my save the dates. Wedding Paper Divas is where she got that from because uh, it's, it's this is so good. I can't even speak. Because of newsletter-only deals, I uh, also got deals from our invitations from minted.com. I also learned about a sample sale and ended up saving 60% off my dress. Long story short, if you do the legwork and you put in the time, you can save a shitload. And she's written that in capitals and I couldn't agree more. Like I suggested last episode is signing up for the, the top cashback, the Ebates, the cashback websites. Always check for vendor coupon codes. One thing I always check in Google is just writing if I'm going to buy something, you know, for, from Gap or J. Crew or one of these big sites, I always write Jap, Jap? Mm, no, that was J. Crew and Gap together it was a small issue. I always write like J. Crew plus. 2016 plus voucher code. It will come up. If there's something, if there's a voucher code to use, it will come up. Another trick that I've heard people use, and I've done it with a number of websites, is that if you are on a website that you get to the checkout and then you put your details in and then you sort of chicken out, you say, I'm not going to buy this today, forget it. And you have allowed them to have your email address that often they will email you a day later or two days later and say, hey, why didn't you buy the thing in the thing? I see you've still got stuff sitting in your checkout. Would you like a little discount? Maybe you could come back and have a little discount. I'll give you 20% off if you come back. So, you know, it's really simple that if you're patient and you go away and you come back, they might give you a better deal. I know that GoDaddy, this is not a wedding related thing. I suppose you could do it for, for um, you know, getting a wedding website. But I know GoDaddy, I always, if I'm buying any sort of domain related stuff or website related stuff or email, I always put things in my, um, my little shopping trolley and then I shut the page down. And the next day, guaranteed, there's a 20% off coupon in my email inbox. I couldn't not share uh, Claire Renova's, I think that's how we're going to say her Instagram uh, message. She also came back later on and left another message. She said, also, treat your vendor team like people instead of slaves with the approach of how can I get the best price? Or this guy's trying to rip me off. I'm not saying don't negotiate, but I know when it crosses the line uh, into an insult. You need to know that. These folks have to eat too. Yes, Take some time to be decent and genuinely ask how their day is before barking orders or complaints. Vendors have a very unique role of sales and service, two fields that can be thankless. She's really right. They'll take notice when you are, you know, you're genuinely nice and it'll take you far. Show, oh my gosh, the house is literally going to come down. Um, show. Show that you have your their best interests in mind and they'll be far more likely to go an extra mile for you and your special day. And this is a top point to make. And I think it's a top point to make in general life. I have this theory of just kill people with kindness. When you live in a city, I live in a big city, London, full of just lots of angry people. And they're not really angry. I'm really mean about this. I think what they are, and you might think the same thing in the city you live in, people are in a hurry. They're trying to get home. Things are hustly and bustly. There are a lot of people crammed into small spaces. It's uncomfortable being a human in a big city for many people. Many people don't have a lot of money. Many people don't have good jobs. 
Many people have been out on bad, shitty Tinder dates and are disappointed when they think things were going to go better. So my thing is that sometimes, and I think it might be my Australian optimism a little bit as well, but sometimes when you could be an asshole or when you could growl at someone, that you do a George Costanza and do the complete opposite and see what happens. A few weeks ago, I was just telling one of my colleagues at work, she's also an Aussie, and uh, we caught a train home. And we had a little sort of unloading of living in London and people not getting us all the time, which I think is weird because we all speak the same language, but we've got very different ways of dealing with certain situations. A couple of weeks ago, I was in a big supermarket within a train station, Waterloo train station. You might've heard of it. It's huge. And there is quite a nice supermarket that a lot of people rush in and buy sort of sandwiches or bits and pieces for dinner and then get on their train and rush away. So usually people are in a hurry because they're trying to make the next mode of transport. They're trying to get home. They don't want to be in the train station. Who does? So I was waiting in the checkout line and it's a big, big line. And usually there's a lady or a gent standing there going, go to checkout 12, go to checkout three. And everyone sort of rushes to the next checkout. There are 17 checkouts in this sort of little small space. There was a gentleman behind me who was quite a Persh gentleman. He had some Persh clothes. I could hear him speaking quite Persh. And he had his basket, and every time the, the, the line would move forward, he would sort of push the basket up against me. Not sexual, aggressive. Not even aggressive. I was just saying, just in a shitty way. He was impatient. And then unfortunately, the line wasn't moving fast enough for him, and he had a little grumble. And every time people would step forward, he'd go, oh, Jesus fucking, oh, Christ. Oh, for, for God's sake. You know, he'd just mutter this stuff. And I could feel this rage building in me about just thinking, how dare you? We're all trying to get somewhere. Why are you so important, Posho? And then it got to the stage where there was one lady in front of me and I was standing there and he's like, fucking hurry the fuck up, you know. And it's always the posh people like that who are the least friendly and least manners, this is my theory, least manners driven people in these situations. So I turned around with a big smile on my face and I said, "You you seem a little upset. Would you like to go ahead of me? You seem a bit disturbed. And he was so taken aback. And I said this not sarcastically. I was like, I would rather this guy get the fuck out of our zone and just get his bad energy away from me and we can all just carry on with our lives. And he was so appalled, like horrified that he'd been caught out. And he's like, oh, no, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 you go ahead, you go ahead. Um, Sounds like Prince Philip. And I was like, you know what? I could have turned around and gone, you're a fuckstick, mate. You're really rude. But because I turned around and went, hey, can I help you? Can I help you? You clearly have a problem. I want to make your day better. That he was, you know, mortified that he'd been caught being a total asshole. And I went ahead. I didn't let him go ahead. I bought my stuff. And then I talked extra long. And I asked the lady behind the counter, so this is coming back, how her day was, what she was doing, to just shit this guy off a little bit further. Because I thought, you know what? The lady behind the counter deserves a nice hello And uh, even though it was slightly corruptive of me, I just thought he can stand in that line a little bit longer and stop being a miserable old sod. So to bring it back to the lovely comments, uh, you know, I think the big thing is that you do always should go into a situation where you're like, look, if this person's giving me a service and yes, you're paying for it, it's just good to be nice because when people are treated nicely, they are nice to you. And also, I think there's been many situations I've gotten out of in my life where I've just been nice to someone on a call center call or 
again in a shop or in some sort of situation where I think they've gone out of their way to help me a little bit more because I haven't been a total maniacal prick as some people can be they lose sight of the fact that they're talking to human beings which really sucks there are more of your wonderful 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 hacks after this little tiny mini weeny break emma four five nine zero it's a very uh it's a very formal instagram name but it's good because I can pronounce it. Emma wrote to me and she said uh, in her message, I just have to say, I love listening to Save the Date. Thank you, Emma. I wanted a venue that was different and beautiful on its own. I didn't want a wedding factory. By doing this, you save money on lighting and decorations. I'm getting married in a castle. Lots of decorations will take away from the beauty of it. Good point. Before I go on, I want to say that you need to enter these sort of beautiful venues that you're inspecting with those sort of goggles on to say, what do I need to add to this? What do I need to be putting into making this look better or change the look of it? And like Emma saying, she walked into the castle, amazing by the way, uh, and has found somewhere that she doesn't need to do a lot of work to, which is great because ultimately it will save you coin and time. She says, I was also very organized when going to speak to my vendors. I had a printout of about 30 questions. I wanted to get all of it up front, which might I add is very sensible because a lot of the time you will have an initial conversation with the vendor and then they'll go away and be busy with someone else's wedding. And sometimes, as we all know, it can be really hard to get in touch with them or have that one-on-one time. And the good thing is the one-on-one time at the beginning of the relationship can be a great time to not only decide if you want to do business with them, but also the vendors are probably more keen, and this is generalizing, but when they're trying to get your business, they'll be focused, ready to go and give you all the information. I'm not saying that's a manipulative thing. It's just human nature. We want to get the business. We want to please people. We want to make things happen. She says the questions that she had, for example, were, uh, do you have a corking fee? Great. Or are engagement photos included? Or is it an extra fee? Questions you might not think of when you're meeting the vendors, but better to have them all the info uh, there and be then necessarily be slapped in the face with a big fee later on. Also, for budgeting purposes, the not.com has a great budget section where you enter how much you want to spend and where you're getting married. It breaks down how much you should spend on each sections of your wedding. It really helps to keep track of the budget and it gives you an idea of how much you should be spending on everything. I've never done this before, so I wasn't sure how much I should be spending on photography or flowers, etc. Really good point you make. So many of us, even and I say this, even if you're getting married for a second time, things change. It's not natural for a lot of us to be planning big events and it can be really hard to get focused and also figure out the allocation of funds because that's where a lot of people get really stuck when it comes to budget is trying to realize how much money you should spend on what area or what more likely, I want to say, is realistic to what to spend on things. E.g., you might go, I'd like to spend $500 on a professional photographer with all the trimmings. And you go, well, realistically, to get the photographer I want is more like $2,000 and uh, that's just not going to happen. So I think you have to be quite realistic with yourself, but also to get advice from other websites such as The Knot, that can be very helpful. Adrian.cat says, my top wedding hack from listening to you and your hilarious podcast has been be yourself and don't worry so much about what other people's opinions are. It's you and your man or woman's big day. 
So being a mixed nationality couple, apologies, I'm Catalan Spanish and my man is English and not religious enough to have a church wedding, organizing a civil ceremony in Spain was proving to be a huge paperwork challenge. So our best and biggest shortcut was eloping in New York City while on holidays just over a month ago. Woohoo! That's a great idea. Sorry if I hurt your ears. But hey, I'm still listening to the podcast as we will be celebrating our, quote, proper meaningful ceremony and party with friends and family in Costa Brava before the end of the year. We're getting the best of both worlds and loving it. Thank you, Alicia. You're awesome. Well, thank you, Adriana.cat, because uh, that's a great suggestion in the sense that you have followed your heart. And I'm glad that you have taken that from what I've said. And also, you really, if you spend all your time trying to please others, you're just going to go round and round circles and probably not be that happy in the end. Again, in a similar a similar sort of vein, lovely uh, Tolly Kay says, you need to remind yourself of what you are doing to make yourself happy and what you are doing for others. And then remind yourself that it's your day and your future husband or wife's day. There are so many things that you think someone else may think that is important uh, that is truly not. Nobody who shows up to witness what is truly important on the day will notice what is there and what isn't there. And they should have been there, except for the bride and groom. Don't drive yourself nuts. Prioritize to save money, time, and your sanity. That's my saying. Thank you. Get rid of all the details and things and people. Hey, I removed and replaced a bridal party member. Oh, I'd love to know more about that. Which aren't truly important or aren't creating or are creating too much stress. Make planning easier on yourself. Simplify where you can. Remember the most important thing is that you are happy and you are having a happy day and that you're getting hitched. The whole thing should be as much fun as it can be. And stress ain't fun. Amen. Amen. Really bad southern accent. Apologies all listeners in the south. I've been watching too much House of Cards and I, well, I'm obsessed with House of Cards. And sometimes I joke if you've not watched House of Cards it's too much to go into, but Kevin Spacey and the gorgeous, gorgeous Robin Wright, uh, she, well, they're both amazing, but he is very Southern and quite evil and amazing. And sometimes I say to Rich, they're the Underwoods. They're quite powerful. They're polit. Well, I don't want to give too much away. He's a politician. She's his wife. And they've done lots of bad things to get ahead. And sometimes I'm like, oh, we should be a power couple. We should be the Underwoods without the murder. You'll get that if you're a House of Cards fan. If not, we'll move on. The Blue Hex says, uh, I love you, the Blue Hex. She's great. She's. I remember she's purchased a t-shirt, so thank you so much, the Blue Hex. One of my most recent hacks slash shortcuts involves a parking crisis. Now this, I was reading this going, hmm, I don't know where this is going to go. It's very interesting. When we first toured our lovely venue, we knew it was perfect for us, and we signed the deposit right away. However, we didn't take a look at the available parking space. It's a gorgeous old mansion right on the cusp of downtown. So most of the area is surrounded by super duper tall deluxe apartment complexes with quirky architecture and super thin streets. Ooh, sounds really sexy. But I'm guessing, and I know I've read the rest of the email, that it's not what you want for a wedding. One of my good friends went to attend a wedding for another couple there not too long ago. And he said he circled the area for 20 minutes and couldn't find a park to place to park and just left. That's weird. This devastated me because I didn't want my guests to feel that stress. And I certainly don't want them to leave. Gosh, no. 
I've got questions of, you know, what, oh, so many questions. So I contacted the recommended valet for the location and was completely floored by how expensive it was. Mm, I, yeah, expensive enough that it just couldn't happen on our budget. So with the obvious carpool recommendations aside, I decided to create an Uber account for my local guests. I attached the account to my credit card and they can either use the app or contact my maid of honor slash other designated person to log on to the account and arrange for their pickup and or drop off. Not as classy as someone in their swanky suit greeting you and taking your car away, but hell, it's a lot cheaper. I would like to add as well the blue hex that Uber was actually, before I got your email, Uber was on my list of amazing, incredible uh, businesses that I think a lot of people underestimate when it comes to using for your wedding. Not only for your guests in a similar way that you're doing, but also as wedding cars. Because I know in London, and this could be different, Uber's you know quite different in uh, all states and countries, but I do know that they have a very swanky upper-class car system where you can get a very nice car to pick you up. Now, one thing is at the moment, and I have contacted Uber and haven't heard back, pick up your game Uber, but I have asked them if it's possible to book in advance because I know you don't want to be waiting for an Uber that doesn't show up or some sort of dodgy Uber, which for me has never really happened. But hey, there are highs and lows in all service industries. But I think if you can get a really nice black car, some sort of chauffeured car, especially if you're arriving at a venue where no one's seeing you show up in a car. You know, that's one of my big, easy to remove budget hits when you go, why do I need an old Rolls Royce when no one's going to see me in it? What's the point of it? Uh, Get an Uber, make it happen. I promise when I hear back from Uber and I will send them a little poke, I will poke them. That's something from the past um, and find out. But my next tip for you, the blue hex is with you signing up for an account And I know you want to pay for your people, but if you weren't in the situation where you could pay for people, um, you know that if you are signing up for Uber for the first time, I go back to codes and coupon codes and stuff. If you're getting people to carpool in an Uber, you can offer them a great discount code if they haven't yet signed up to Uber. Also, Uber runs some cool days where, you know, they'll say, here, it's it's Easter Monday. We're going to give you 20% off or whatever. So it's good to look out for that. Promise I will get back in touch with you guys and gals when I get an answer from Uber. Because I think if you can book an Uber in advance and know it's going to turn up, it's such a great price. Um, and it might be nice to use as wedding transport. Just an idea. Good on you, the Blue Hex, for using your noggin and also coming up with a way that's going to save you money, but also make sure that all of your guests actually get to the location without having to pay a lot of money or leave like your poor friend has. Boo, boo, boo. Fit underscore Stephanie says that she has a few hacks that she'd like to share, and I welcome that. I really do, Fit underscore Stephanie. Are you fit? I'm guessing you might be. It's completely irrelevant to this conversation, Alicia. Just carry on and read. She says, first... We were able to get Sunday pricing at our venue, even on a holiday weekend, in our case, Labor Day, when those of us in the US are off on Monday. It would have been even less expensive to hold it during the week, but our families are bi-coastal, California and New York City areas. So we were given a good chunk of our guests would need to travel regardless of where we were having the wedding. We decided against it. Fine, but good suggestion. Another thing that is that our venue has a set food and beverage minimum rather than requiring us to purchase a wedding package per guest. 
They offer an a la carte pricing as well. As long as we meet the minimum, we're good, though we're leaning towards the package for convenience sake. These types of venues exist. Just look for them. I love it. Also, we negotiated with our photographer, and because they love shooting at our venue, they were willing to work with us on a price and save a few thousand dollars. It doesn't hurt to ask. Yes, fit underscore Stephanie. This is a great suggestion, and I do remember in episode 99 and 101, I always remember that for some reason, the lovely um, Laura Babb uh, came on. She's a fantastic British-based photographer who actually shoots in the States as well. She's great. But she said the same thing. One of her biggest suggestions was if you were getting married at a venue that perhaps is a little bit different or out of town or has is a new venue, photographers are often really keen to shoot at new venues so they've got that on their portfolio. And I know that um, my lovely, our lovely, our lovely photographer, Louisa Bailey, if you're in Australia, look her up. She's amazing. She hadn't shot at... Uh, Boyd Baker house where we got married and she was really keen and she said I really wanted I've always wanted to shoot there and she gave us an amazing deal because we had mates rates and she's amazing but she also said it was really good to add those um, photos to her portfolio because she'd never shot at that house before and it's quite a popular hipster venue so it makes makes a bit of a difference if you can negotiate that and have a conversation and you're right Stephanie if you can actually sort of say hey do you think this is an option it can't hurt. All they can say is no, or maybe I'll think about it. Today's final hack. I can't believe I've just gotten through over 30 minutes of your hacks and I've still got so many on the page. I promise I will keep them for another day. Comes from Kaz1986. She says, flowers. We're getting our flowers from a pick your own flower farm near our venue. The farm charges a flat fee for as many flowers as you want for centerpieces and provides a lesson on arranging them. If you want more complicated arrangements such as bouquets, they charge a small fee and create those for you. There are other farms in the area that offered a complete DIY experience for brides who want to save even more money. Although I'm based in the US, I've seen similar places in the UK where my fiancé lives. I think it's a great alternative for brides who still want live flowers without spending a fortune. I think it's also a lovely excuse to spend an afternoon with your bridal party. She also said, and similar to the last episode, she says she's getting her accessories from renttherunway.com happilyeverborrowed.com and adorn.com. They all rent veils, belts, and even diamond jewelry to wear on your big day. Fan-bloody-tastic, Kaz. I'm really happy that you shared that, and I'd never even thought about doing that as an afternoon activity before your wedding, and it's lovely. Get outside, roam around amongst some lovely flowers, take some antihistamine, make sure that you wear your sunscreen and wear a hat because you don't want to be a burnt bride. But that is a really nice way to be able to have a bit of outside time, a bit of chillax in the nature time. Or if you personally don't want to do it, send some of your bride slaves. (laughs) They're not bride slaves. That's probably an old thing. Send your maid chillers. Maybe mum-in-law, maybe the two mums would like to go and cut flowers. Maybe you wouldn't. I don't know. But I think it's a lovely suggestion. And thank you for sharing. Thank you all the people that jumped on board my Instagram account. If you want to follow me, instagram.com slash Alicia McCormack. Google how to spell it. I won't bore you with the spelling. I'm not my dad. But I'm really happy that you uh, were so keen to participate. And I've got lots of great questions coming up where you can also win a prize. I'm doing lots of little Instagram partnerships And if you are a wedding vendor, this is my little last plug for today. If you're a wedding vendor that has 
an item. Maybe you make veils, belts, I don't know, something that you would like to be able to partner with me to share with the Save the Date Wedding Podcast listeners, I'd be up for hearing from you. I think it's really nice to be able to share great ideas, especially if you listen to the show and you're like, yeah, Alicia, I do make something or I am, I don't know, I've written something. I don't know. I'm just riffing here. But I think it's really nice to be able to bring great uh, partnerships to my lovely bride chillers and groom chillers. This isn't a paid thing. This is just saying, let's come together and give something away. I'll ask a question and we can plug your business as well. And you can plug the podcast. So simple. It's a great sense of community. I've done this recently with EcoFlower a few weeks ago. And uh, Rachel from EcoFlower was giving away a lovely handmade recycled bouquet. It was beautiful and it went off and I had so many amazing people contact me after that saying we should do more. So this is it. This is my call out. If you listen, you give something, you want to give something away, you want to do a partnership, get in touch. Savethedatepodcast.com. And I'll have you note, people listening, the storm has passed. It's quiet now in my neighborhood. Of course, as soon as I finish the episode, the bloody thing disappears. Hilaire, hilaire, hilaire. I am so excited that next week is Bridesmaid Week. It's Made Chiller Week on the show. I did a similar week last year. It was very popular. If you have a question that is Bridesmaid specific, get in touch. I'm going to hold off recording the Thursday Q&A episode until this weekend. I usually try and get ahead, but I really wanted to put this listen out, listen a call out to you. If you have a specific maid of honor, bridesmaid, maid chiller question, some sort of suggestion, if you want to tell me about a good news story, about how things are going well for you, maybe you've overcompensated on the bridesmaids, I don't know. Get in touch and get a part of it. It's a, a really fun week, and I have a wonderful interview on Monday with a professional bridesmaid, Jen Glantz. She's great. All right, until then, I bid you adieu and a very happy days.